Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stink and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Avalanche back to work after the long, long all-star break. Uh, some 10 days they get back into action, kick off their longest road trip of the year, six games back east, and they begin by losing in overtime to the New York Rangers 2-1. to one. Jared Bednar wasn't exactly sure how his team would come out and play after such a long layoff. I thought we did some good things at times during the game, and then others it just looked like we were a little sluggish and um, missing some checks here and there, especially off the rush. I thought they did a nice job off the rush as the game went on, sort of picking us apart for scoring chances against, even though we had numbers back in the play. So I think it's just a little bit of that checking details, that urgency that you need to play with. It can be a tough team to sort of hang it on to pucks in the offensive zone. They're going to spend some time. You know, having covered a lot of Jared Bednar, watched a lot of Jared Bednar, listened to a lot of Jared Bednar press conferences, he wasn't bothered at all by that loss. I think he was just happy to get back out on the ice after 10 days, knock the rust off, get a game under their belt, get a point, Mm. and move on. Get on with the rest of their season. Just get this one over with. Head right back over across uh, across the water, right? Lincoln Tunnel, across the Hudson, into Jersey, New Jersey. Go get a go get their game on over there in Jersey. Right. Take on the Devils tonight. Yeah, Devils tonight, back to back for the Avs. Second down. Christian McCaffrey getting ready for the Super Bowl. No doubt, leading on Dad Ed for some. Uh, Super Bowl game day advice. Even like little things, like you're wearing jeans. Like our, my school is a private school. You had you wear jeans or, or you know no sweats, whatever. You wearing jeans to school? He doesn't even remember this, but I remember it. Pretty heavy on the legs, don't you think? Like, <laughs> you know, like oh, you're kind of right. Wore sweats, got in trouble. Didn't he's like, look, dude, you got to be comfy during the day. You got to be relaxed. Like this is how you act on a game day. Like this is what you do. Like all that pep rally. Like don't be yelling. Don't be losing your voice when you're out in the sun. If you squint, you're wasting energy. That's been, like, bred in us since I was a kid. Like, it's been taught to us for the longest time. Like, hey, this is... And that's what he did. And he was over the top. Like, there's guys in his team who are like, what the hell is this guy? This guy's nuts. Were you one of those guys? This guy's nuts? Oh, yeah, Eddie's special. (laughs) Eddie Eddie is... He is special. Uh... Yeah, I passed it down to his kids. I mean, squint, wastes energy. Really? I've never heard of that. Me me neither. Squinting wastes. I owe you an apology. I thought you were an over-the-top helicopter dad with, you know, smashing the Gatorade bottle and stuff and being forced to take the walk of shame across the parking lot by Mrs. S. But nothing like You were Mr. Laid Back compared to Eddie Mack. Yeah, Eddie is... uh, Interesting. <laughs> that was, that's an interesting thing. Obviously, it worked. It worked. Christian is, Christian is special. So next time you do a 49er game, say, so I guess the, the secret to your success, no squinting, huh? Yeah, quit your squinting. Quit your, yeah, I caught you squinting there in the second quarter. Stop it. You just see him with the toothpicks in his eyelids, you know, like a cartoon <laughs> character, keeping his eyes open at all times. 
Third down. Ah, Patrick Mahomes. Hey, we're all curious in Broncos country. How did you overcome that sluggish start to the season? Those games that we usually would win, those close games we weren't winning, and uh, seeing how guys responded. I thought the guys responded the right way. We kept the same mindset. Um, and uh, that's the reason that we're here today is because we've dealt with these type of adverse, adverse moments and we've came out better on the other side of it. It's disgusting. You know, at least for like the next couple of years, you know, if the Chiefs get off to a slow start, Broncos beat them maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, how much can we really enjoy it? Knowing that they can flip the switch like this. I know, right? Knowing that you can kind of just sleepwalk through the season. Kids playing with their food on the plate, just moving the peas and carrots around, acting like, now can I be done? Mom, can I be done now? No, and then they move the food around a little bit more. Now, how about now? Can I be done now? No. Then eventually they just swallow it. Gosh. They were eight and five at one point. I thought I thought they were they were vulnerable. I thought there was a wide gap between Baltimore you know like? and the rest of the AFC, and the Chiefs were just another team. You know what they were like? Tampa, when Tom Brady took over, they were 8-5, and five too. Yeah, but Tampa didn't have that that pedigree. I mean, yeah, to their credit, they flipped the switch, but I, I don't think there was a, that, theirs was a case of flipping the switch. I think they finally just kind of figured it out. Figured it out because it was, the same Brady, thing? It was Brady's it's... first year. This, I think, was a case of a team that just kind of sleptwalked through the, the season and then flipped the switch when they had to. Very sobering. Very sobering for all of us. One, two, three. Fourth down. Oh, hey, this will make you feel great, Broncos country. Randy Gregory's in position to get a ring with San Francisco. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, like I said earlier, put me in the right position right now to, you know, play in the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of that stuff, you know, it'll unfold how it wants to unfold. Got a lot of guys in that locker room, one of that staff that I really do care about. Uh, my time in Denver, you know, I, you know, I really enjoyed that stuff. You know, my family there and stuff like that, so... Um, Nothing bad I can honestly say about that, but, you know, business is business. The league is, is what it is, and um, there's something that needs to be done probably on both sides. Gregory at Media Night talking to our very own Andrew Mason at DenverSports.com. Boy, you want to look at the... Yeah, you want to you wanna, you wanna play George Payton's not-so-greatest hits. Well, there's one. Put, right? put that one up there. Well, I mean... Not only signing Randy Gregory, but remember, convincing him as he was set to go back to Dallas, remember? Mm-hmm. But then convincing him and getting him to come here. Come it seemed like here. a coup at the time. Well, that, but that, I mean, none of those compare to the Rusties. No. So once, I mean, <laughs> once you, once you hit, that's like the, that's the big one, right? Like is, once you hit that, like all the other ones, just like oh, Randy Gregory, so what? Wasn't a good decision. Yeah, but two years, okay, two years with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. What did he sign about a fifty million, sixty million dollar deal? Something crazy. Two years, ten games, mm-hmm. twenty one tackles, three sacks. Good to be here, Mike. Start doing the money. Start doing the division. How much did he get paid per sack? How much did he get paid per tackle? How much did he get paid per yeah. game played? Yikes. About uh, $18 million a sack. <sighs> That'll good do bonus. it. Good, 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 uh, good work if you can find it. That'll do it for Four Down Territory, our tour around the uh, Denver sports scene. Up next, 
You know how on Christmas Eve you hear the, twas the night before Christmas, and no matter how many times you hear it, it never gets old? Well, gather around, because it's story time with Stink as he tells his Super Bowl thermometer story. Next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark. As I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash stormready. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. Just because you've heard a story once doesn't mean it ever gets old. Oh, actually, before we get to that, before we get to that, lost a legend yesterday. Toby Keith passed away. After a uh, long public battle with stomach cancer that he first announced a, a couple of years ago, uh, passed away at the age of uh, 61, way too early. Yeah, but uh, definitely a country music, just an overall music legend. So, hey, turn this up a little bit. At Kitty's place, I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll. Ah, so passing away at the age of 62. You know, he was a, um, this guy was legitimate country western. He worked uh, worked as a, a teenager on a, in an oil field. He was a roughneck. Roughneck, huh? And then he played some uh, semi-pro football. He played for a minor league team for a uh, USL, uh, USFL team back in the day. Did he? Did he ever, did he ever play college football? You know, uh, I'm not sure. I, like, I don't I like think. Toby. I don't think so. I like Toby Keith. Yeah, he said he came out of high school, 1980, started working in the oil fields, ended up uh, playing a couple of seasons of defensive end for the Oklahoma City Drillers, a farm team for the now defunct USFL. The Drillers. So there you go. That's awesome. Country music, music legend Toby Keith passing away at the age of 60. Now that's too. That's sad. Uh, well, let's let's lighten the mood a little bit because I love Mark Schlereth's stories. I love story time with Stink. Mm-hmm. And even though I've heard this story before, it never gets old. If you've never heard it, you're going to be glad you did. If you have heard it, you're going to enjoy the telling of it again. It's like Twas the Night Before Christmas. It sure. never gets old. Sure. So uh, without further ado, uh, Mark, please tell your Super Bowl week thermometer story. Well, you, <clears throat> you know how you became... Introduced to this story was when <laughs> we we're in Miami covering the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yep. So it was me, you, the Huff. We're out in Miami, and so we're just sitting at Radio Row, and um, some guy walks up to us and just looks at me while we're in a break and goes, "Thermometer guy," and he goes, "I was a Miami Dolphin trainer at the time." And that's that's how he knew me as thermometer guy. And his voice, by the way, folks, is just kind of like dripping with like sarcasm, right? Like, like what? you're the thermometer guy, yeah, right? You're the- so anyhow, as, as the story goes, and so Mike was like, "Well, tell me the story." So 
here's how here's how it all went down. So we're at Miami, you know, and we're in when you when you are the the team at the Super Bowl that that is like if you're an AFC team and you're in an AFC city, you get to sit or you get to be at the team's facility. So for me, all three Super Bowls I played in, I was at the team's facility. So when I played in Super Bowl 26, NFC team, we were the Redskins at the time. We were in, in Minnesota's facility. And then, you know, in, in Super Bowl 32, we were in San Diego's facility. In Super Bowl 33, again, we were in Miami, so we were at the Miami Dolphins facility. So they had something we didn't have, both in San Diego and in in um, in Miami. They had a hot tub and a cold tub. So we would have the, you know, the, the little jacuzzis that you kind of slide into, the little silver ones, you know, the... You could get two guys. You could squeeze two guys in there, right? But and then we'd fill them with ice, the ice tubs. But these were walk-in ice tub and hot tub. So you know you're going contrast bath. You're in the cold tub for a while. You're in the hot tub for a while. You're bouncing back and forth. It's great. And so then I'm in the hot tub. I'm just kind of lounging around. It's like Wednesday or Thursday after practice, and you know I'm laying in that hot tub. It's beautiful, and there's this thermometer floats by me. And it's one of those long, you know, the one of them long, about twelve inch long thermometer. He's got the, he's got the bobblehead thing on the top, so it floats, you know. And so I pick it up, and I'm looking at it, and you know, I have this epiphany, this great idea. <laughs> so one of the Miami Dolphins trainers walking by, and I said, "Hey, man, hey, man," and he's like, "Yeah." I go, "Hey, do do me a favor, go get Greek." Legendary Steve Antonopoulos is our head trainer. I go, 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 Creek. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. So he goes scurrying out of, you know, of the area where all the wet stuff, like all the hot tubs and everything are, right? He goes scurrying out. And so I step up to the, like, the top step of the jacuzzi and I'm just hanging over the silver pole, just like barely hanging on, head down. And, uh, so bare ass naked, too. Just by the way. completely naked. Okay. And, and my, only in about, you know, just my ankles are covered in water. Like, they're right up to my shin. So I'm just standing there, and I'm, oh, man. And Greek comes in, and it's not only Greek, but it's Jimmy Keller, uh, our assistant, uh, you know, our assistant trainer, other guys. Uh, I think Corey came in, and all the Miami Dolphin trainers are there. Like, everybody's there. And so I'm hanging over this pole, and Greek goes, dude, what's wrong? Are you okay? Okay. I go, I don't know. I don't know. He goes, here. Let me see. And he goes, no, no, no. Just leave me alone. I'm, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I'm going to throw up. I go, he goes, well, what happened? I go, I don't know. I just all of a sudden I got dizzy. I can't see like that. And he's like, okay, calm down, calm down. I go, just do me a favor. Just do me a favor. I go back up. Just do me a favor. I go, check my temperature. And I turned around and I had that thermometer pinched between my ass cheeks. Hey, <laughs> 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 I just fell back in up laughing hysterically. And of course, Greek was just like, "You're an absolute yeah. turd," you know. <laughs> and uh, all the, you know, our trainers are all laughing, right? They're laughing, but the Miami Dolphin trainers are like, "What the hell are you like? <laughs> you guys are built different." <laughs> so anyhow, that was uh, uh, yeah, like the whole point of of like what went on last night and the Super Bowl and stuff. Man, there's got to be some levity in it. Yeah. It's like Patrick Mahomes. You heard the sound saying, "Man, you, uh, one thing I've learned is you can't play the Super Bowl before you, you actually right. kick off and play the Super Bowl." So there's got to be some of that stuff that goes on, um, you know, that you you have a good time with. So anyhow, 
<laughs> and that was so. You think about that. That was uh, ninety nine, right? Yeah, ninety eight season ninety nine. So ninety nine, early ninety nine. Uh, and here we are in twenty twenty. Yeah, at the time. So some long time has passed. Twenty twenty plus years, and dude looks at you and go. Thermometer, guy. right? He was just scarred for life. He was just scarred. He's just probably still getting counseling. <laughs> <laughs> Show me where the big bad man hurt you. All I can see is that thermometer. <laughs> it was so long. <laughs> That's right. That thing was. That thing was. I don't know how he held it in place. Yeah, right. I know how long that thing was. It was a lot shorter than that. <laughs> Just a tip. Just a tip. Yes. <laughs> Somebody had a good day. Some some poor soul was tasked with washing oh, that. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you got to have fun. You got to have fun. There you go. little uh, story time with steak. Never gets old. Up next, what is trending? Eli Manning rapping? Well, you'll hear it next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending. Right now. Well, Zach Parise made his avalanche and season debut last night. Skated 17 shifts, played a little over 11 minutes, and had uh, three shots on goal. In the Avs 2-1 overtime loss to the Rangers, Jared Bednar with his first impressions of Parise. I thought he had a good night. Yeah, involved right away, has a couple shots, couple opportunities, hard-working guy, did his job on the checking side of it. I thought he was uh, involved for playing his first game in a long time. I thought it was a pretty good game for him. Quite he's night, handsome. You, you, do, uh, you do think he's handsome? Yeah, I told you. I can't wait to put the handsome bracket together. <laughs> Have a handsome off. We'll be watching that second line that he's on with Ryan Johansson and Artori Lekkinen. That remains the the sore spot on this this team is that that second line, that second line center, Ryan Johansson, they had a, a quiet night, no points for that line. They go right back to work uh, tonight as they uh, take on the Devils across the Hudson in uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. At the Super Bowl last night, Super Bowl media night, talking about how this Chiefs offense overcame a slow start to the season. Yeah, I'm proud of the guys um, because no matter what the outside world said, they, they still believe and they still worked hard and they, they strive to be great. And that's all you can ask for is guys that I, I see the talent. I know they can make the plays. And if they you continue to work at it every single day, the, the, your fortunes are going to turn. And that's what's happened. And you've seen it in this playoff run, man. We got the guys to get to the game. We got the guys to win it. Um, and now they've got to go out there and prove it. Now, one of our textures took exception with the idea that the Chiefs has flipped some kind of switch. That uh, during the regular season, they averaged like 21 points. 22 points a game. 22 points, and right now they're averaging like 23 points per game. So, how can you say they flipped a switch? The big difference is Mahomes and this offense not making the kind of mistakes that they were making throughout the course of the season. Mahomes had a career-high 14 interceptions this season. In three playoff games, four touchdowns. No picks. That's big. The other thing that's big is they seem to be making clutch plays, yeah. third down plays. Remember the uh, uh, what's the guy's MVS? name? MVS. Yeah, MVS. Marquez Valdez. Marquez Valdez Scantling makes on the third nine to close the game down. Makes the big play yeah. over the top, which he had dropped earlier right. in the season. 
So there's that aspect of it. But also remember this, you know, the 22 points a, a game versus 23. They've played Miami, Buffalo, and Baltimore. Every one of those teams is a top 10 NFL defense from the regular season. And you're still putting 23 up against those guys on average. This is an interesting story. Anybody who followed the Lions story this season knew of Ben Johnson, the rapidly rising offensive coordinator that everyone seemed it was a done deal. He'd have a head coaching job. Well, apparently, he really ruffled some feathers out there along the interview process. Uh, came through as being kind of, you know, full of himself, uh, making a lot of demands. And apparently, never let the Washington Commanders know uh, that he was no longer interested in their position, as Adam Schefter talked about on the Pat McAfee show. Where it becomes an issue, I think, is this. If you know that you're pulling out of that job and you're withdrawing your name from consideration, all good, no issues. There's a time to do it when the Washington ownership group is not in the air on the way to see you in Detroit. Yeah, apparently this this bothered a lot of people and the NFL is not happy uh, with Ben Johnson. Nothing they can do about it, but hey, you know, reputations get formed and could come back and, and haunt you the next time you jump into that head coaching cycle. So what? They were coming to see him and he decided why they were in the air. He didn't want to he decided he didn't want to be their head coach. Correct. I mean, when you make a decision, you make it like what if he thought he wanted to be and then he realized he came, you know, he talked to Detroit and he goes, you know, I'm just going to stay here. It's better for me. And they were already in the air. You you really think it was that last second, that sudden of a decision? Well, I know. And I, I mean, I talked to him. He said, hey, man, I'm going to be choosy. So if you sit there and say, hey, man, there's several things that we talked about that I didn't necessarily care for in regards to, you know, what kind of authority I have, pick my own staff, all that kind of, there's a lot of things that go into that. So, well, here's a little bit more from Chef Okay, If you're Ben Johnson, let's just think about this logically, okay? If you know that you don't want that job and you've committed to talking to these people who've spent weeks doing diligence on you and investigating the possibility of hiring you. Why would you not just sit down with them when your season's over? <laughs> Listen to them for two hours. Say, well, uh, Mr. Harris, Mr. Rails, very impressive. I want to wish you the best of luck. Good luck with everything. Thank you for coming to Detroit. Yeah. I'm very happy here. I'm going to stay. Yeah, that's the, that's the point. You knew they were coming out to see you. Right. Don't be an ass and, and and tell them I'm not interested while they're flying. Let them come. Let them visit. Well, so just fake Be it. respectful. Well, it's a respect thing. Well, it also is probably one if that doesn't... You, it's you, it, it's if, not going to hang if, with you afterwards if you do if, it that way as compared know, to this way. If, if they're coming out and you're thinking it's legitimate, and then at some point you say, nah, you know what? I'd just rather be here. Instead of wasting their time three hours or two hours and your time for three or two hours, don't you just go, yeah, I decided I'm against it. Yeah, it's the optics, though. The fact that they're in the air and you get, and by the way, you get a text from his agent saying, yeah, he's not interested. Hey, I think I know you well enough to know you wouldn't have handled it that way. Um, Probably not. But again, I, you know, I think it's, do I think 
if the Detroit Lions have another great offensive season, do I think he'll be on the top of everybody's list? Yep. Oh, yeah. It didn't hurt Josh McDaniels when he turned down and no. backed out of the uh, Colts job. No. Although you know, I mean. that's a guy we I mean, never see again. The ownership group got their, they got their panties in a wad. You know, they got their feelings hurt. Oh, jeez. So you probably, So you probably like it. The man that what that yeah the man he, got it stuck to yeah somebody I, stuck I, it to the man I, instead I, of the man always sticking it to us I like it way to go Ben Johnson yeah I decided why Freedom you were fighter. flying I decided why you were flying that you guys suck yeah and you hired a bunch of basketball people to run a right. football organization so up yours yeah what whoops <laughs> still getting used to the pad there Johnny yeah it's only been how many months well he changed it around a little bit oh, okay Eli Manning blame Johnny Eli Manning. Rapping? So By the uh, way, that was very Ben Johnson of you. What was that? Just blame Johnny right on the air of, uh, he changed the pad around. So now I, You're right. I pushed the wrong button. Sorry. That was very I actually ben took Johnson. more off your plate. True. Yeah. And you messed but it up. But still it's so. in a different spot. But you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Stand to point the finger. Pull the thumb. You need to pull the thumb. Yeah, that's right, Ben. Yeah. That's on me. It's <laughs> on me. All right. <laughs> ben Johnson, you could learn from me. Eli Manning uh, getting together with his... Uh, NFC? Was it NFC? I don't yeah, know. NFC. Was he the NFC coach? Getting yep. together with his uh, NFC players after their big, big victory mm-hmm. over uh, Brother Peyton in the uh, AFC skills competition and uh, Pro Bowl skills competition and uh, flag football game. Anyway, uh, Eli Manning feeling good as he uh, took the wrapping. I'm Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. I'm nice. Yep. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Sight! I beat him twice! Oh! Well, there you go. You'll always have that. <laughs> That's right. 2-0 and o against P- Brady. 2-0 and o against Peyton. Eli Manning. All he does I is think, win. I think we may need a new AFC head coach for the Pro Bowl. Ooh. I think it's time to move on from Peyton. I mean, you need a change? You're 0-2. Yeah. 0-2 against your brother. Sorry, Peyton. Just need to go in a different direction. Just going to have to get somebody who can uh, fire up the troops and get them together. Hey, you're good enough to get us there, but... There's a glass ceiling. We need somebody to get us over the hump. That's right. Oh, you're racist. Stew out of me. You're Doug Collins. Doug Collins! It's a hard... That's just a hard truth. It's a hard truth, man. That's a hard truth. You're Doug Collins. we got to go find our Phil Jackson. That is uh, what is trending. Bring that to you each and every morning at 7.30. Up next, it's a Telestrator Tuesday... As uh, Mark goes into that coach's film like only he can to start taking a look at these quarterbacks that the Broncos could be interested in drafting. And we start with J.J. McCarthy of the national champion Michigan Wolverines. What's Mark's breakdown? You'll hear it next. It's Dallas Raider Tuesday. John Elwood, that was a bootleg pass. We talked about the cross. And remember I said how they run those crosses on you? They run those crosses, then you jump up on those crosses, and they get that post in behind you. Steve takes you into the classroom using the exclusive game film only the Broncos coaches have access to. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Here's Schlereth and Evans with Tellus Greater Tuesday. We're going to take advantage of Mark having the Exos Thundercloud coaches film on the college quarterbacks as well. And since there are a bunch of them to look at, between now and the draft, we thought we'd uh, start the process. And with Jim Harbaugh coming out 
this week and saying that he believes that once all the teams get a chance to get an opportunity to meet with and talk and really dive into J.J. McCarthy, his quarterback at Michigan, that McCarthy, not Caleb Williams, not Drake May, not Jaden Daniels, will be the first quarterback off the board. That's highly skeptical, but, uh, hey, it got us interested. So you took a look at J.J. McCarthy's film. Mm-hmm. What'd you see? Um, there's a couple things that I really was intrigued by. Um, one, some things that uh, can't be can't be coached. Unbelievable arm talent. Guy's got great arm talent. And he is... What does that mean, by the way? What Just, like... His ability to just let it eat. I mean, velocity. It's like a, you know, it's it's like a pitcher who throws really hard. It doesn't mean the guy's a great pitcher. It just means that he can run it up there at 100 miles an hour. That's hard to hit if he can control. You know, control if he's got some control. You know, he could be really he could be really good. So I saw unbelievable arm talent. I saw great accuracy on the move. And I saw a guy that I thought had unbelievable foot energy and escapability. So some things that can't be coached, athleticism, pocket awareness, your ability to move within the pocket, and your ability to throw, I mean, on a rope, um, moving right and left out of duress and putting money, like putting a ball on the money that, you know, has got, that's got some, sauce to it, you know, some heat on it. So all those things I thought were exceptional. And those things are uncoachable. You can't coach those. You either have them or you don't have them. So he's got those things. So then you start to look and go, okay, he's got these these intangible skills that they can't be coached. You either have them or you don't have them. And he's got them. Now you have to start looking at the the just the repetition stuff and the ability to to you know, do the right thing on a consistent basis, but I, I'm telling you, the uh, he reminded me a bit. He reminded me a bit of uh, in the pocket of Brock Purdy with his with his feet, how quick his feet are, and his ability to escape inside the pocket. What about the areas in which you were very critical of Russ this past year? The decision making, seeing the field. Uh, going from one side to the other side, going through your reads and throwing guys open. I How saw that. I saw a bunch of that. Okay. I saw a bunch of, especially in the seams, where he's got a dude in trail and he's got a, a guy, you know, that's um, beyond the dude in trail, right? And there's a safety over there to like tight window. I saw him throw a ball at the head of a DB or a linebacker who was trailing a seam a seam runner. And, I mean, it was like if the guy just turns around, he picks it off. But the dude is chasing him. So J.J. just, I mean, throws it like almost right through the dude's helmet and right in front of the safety. It, I mean, it's a beautiful throw. And you saw consistently you saw a bunch of really good throws. Now, there's a lot of things that, you know, that you would say from a consistency standpoint, do you see it all the time? No. But I was pretty impressed with, like I said, like arm talent, ability to move within the pocket, um, ability to to see things right away and make decisions, and and like I said, to throw some guys, especially in the middle of the field, throwing guys open. Now, Joel Klatt will be on with us tomorrow. Yeah. 
He's done a bunch of Michigan games. And when we asked him a few weeks ago about J.J. McCarthy, he said, like him a lot, think he could benefit from another year of seasoning in college Mm -hmm. before he goes pro. But here he is. He's declared for the draft. But it doesn't sound like you'd be scared off. I think all I think all the things that I mentioned are things that you can't teach. You either you either have a hundred mile an hour fastball or you don't. You can always get a little bit better, right? And in the NFL you gotta throw guys, you, you gotta have timing and anticipation. Um, but he's got the arm talent to occasionally be a little bit late with the football and still get it there. So, so that that's just like little stuff like that. Your your ability, your pocket awareness, and your ability to escape okay. and athleticism. Those are things you either have or you don't. So it sounds like he fits that seventy thirty breakdown you're looking for. Where hey, I would love to have a quarterback who thirty percent of the time can make plays mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. schedule, get out, make plays with his legs, make throws on the run, all that kind of stuff. But I also need a guy who just seventy percent of the time can just efficiently stay in the pocket and just play quarterback. You you see that? 70, yeah, thirty model with him. I yeah, I see a lot of I see a lot of that. I think I mean obviously I think you have to become more efficient in the pocket, but uh, it definitely the escapability aspect of it and, and his ability to move and make accurate throws was was impressive on tape. So we were going back to a uh, article that was was passed along to us. This is when Sean was still coaching the Saints, and they were getting ready to play the Patriots, a game that you called back in uh, 2021, mm-hmm. and the Saints reportedly were ready to jump ahead of the Patriots to take Mac Jones, and it didn't happen. He goes to New England. The rest is history. But I, I always, I've kind of highlighted the comments that Sean made about what he liked about Mac Jones yeah. because I think it is sort of a blueprint as to what Sean looks for in a quarterback, maybe a young quarterback especially. But just the the lines, the the phrases that jumped out at me that I highlighted. Uh, I think he processes information fast. The ball comes out. Decisions are made fast. His decision-making and processing are where I felt were really strong suits. So when you hear those catchphrases of Sean Payton, I would assume they haven't changed when it comes to how he evaluates a quarterback, a young quarterback. Do you see those phrases Fitting with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, I think I think there was a lot of things I saw from a processing standpoint where you know he he instantly saw what the coverage was and and got the ball out quickly before anybody could you know before anybody could take that stuff away and and I think the other thing that from a decision making standpoint when you see like when you pre snap read something and post snap confirm it and the ball is out well. There's one of those there's one of those things Mike where all of a sudden instead of giving up 40 sacks you all of a sudden have cut it down to 20 sacks because of the quarterback's ability to make a decision and then all of a sudden you know what your offensive line had becomes really good at pass protection right but they didn't have anything to do with that in, in that scenario, your quarterback got rid of the ball. He didn't hold on to the ball. He saw, he confirmed, and he threw it. Like it, You have to, it takes about 1.7 seconds to beat me clean if I don't even block you before you get to a quarterback on a five-step drop. If you catch it in gun, 
1,001 and the ball's out, guess what you're not going to do? Touch the quarterback. So it's amazing when a guy doesn't hold on to the ball and sees something, confirms it, and makes a decision and lets it eat, how much better you become as a group up front. Well, after looking at Telestrator Tuesday, simple question. Would you be okay with the Broncos taking J.J. McCarthy at number 12? Uh, 12, it just feels, I might have to, I, I might have to do some more research on that, Mike. Okay. I might have to do some more. But you research. like him. I do. I do. You I, like him more than Michael Penix, I can tell. Oh, there's no question. Big you know, gap. Yeah, I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Michael Penix. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a, that's a strong endorsement. All right. We'll file that one away. Get your reaction to it. Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Here's one. Mark, I enjoy your Telestrator Tuesday, but quit being Mike's puppet. Don't do any extra work until Mike watches Footloose. Oh, well, oh, oh, yeah. apparently somebody is in need of an update. Uh-huh. I did watch it. He did. The he Footloose did. smear campaign is over. I watched yeah. the original. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, two big thumbs up. Yeah, I wouldn't say two big thumbs up. It was it was pretty much everything I expected it to be. Classic '80s, right? Campy, just just immediately. It was. It took about five minutes to like. Oh yeah, I'm watching an '80s movie. Mm-hmm. But after the movie, did you guys uh, sashay up to the uh, <laughs> sashay up to the? Uh, <laughs> What does a sachet look like? Well, you know, you kind of what does that look like? Dance a little bit, yeah. honey. Want to go upstairs? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. But this will do that to you yeah. now. Belus. John Lithgow was awesome in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a, it, young, the, very, very, very young Sarah Jessica Parker was in that. I don't remember. Or I don't think. I don't, I, I don't really think anybody her even being in yeah. that. Oh no, movie. she was in it. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody knew her yet. What? But yes, it's done. Money. Done. I watched it. Yes, you did. Also saw Oppenheimer over the weekend. Could not have had two opposite more movies. Right. <laughs> Those two movies on the opposite end of the spectrum. Whew. So, it's done. So, Texture, it is done. I've done. So, now, we've each done our homework. Yeah. And Mark continues to do. But that's that's a good, that's an excellent breakdown. I, I, I still want to see, I still want to see him as a progression thrower like you know it's easy when the first guy's open you're just gonna let it eat right mm-hmm. or when nobody's open you scramble around and make plays I haven't seen enough tape yet to look at him getting through one to two to three mm-hmm. like that's like that's what sets Brock Purdy apart is he doesn't wow you with arm talent he is very good at pocket awareness and understanding protections and where he's protected where he's not but what what blows you away about Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy will go through a progression one two three to four, and he'll be through it in two seconds. Right. That's what's impressive about Brock Purdy. And I haven't watched. I'll be just totally honest with you guys. I haven't watched enough film on JJ McCarthy to really under to to really have a a feel for that. But you're intrigued. I am intrigued. Def- I could definitely tell yeah. you're. I'm intrigued because a lot of the things that are intangible, you know that that you have to have in that thirty percent 
know, I always talk about that 70 to 30. In that 30% type of thing, there's a lot of intangible things that I like. I like your ability to anticipate and throw some guys open. I like your ability to let it eat and, and hit something in tight windows. And um, and like I said, I, I, I just like his ability to escape and still throw on the run with great accuracy and velocity. On the Ramoslaw.com text line, J.J. McCarthy gives me Zach Wilson vibes. Mm. Big big difference, though. No disrespect. <laughs> As I get ready to like disrespect. It. Right, I love this. But there's a big difference between Michigan and BYU football. There's a big difference between the schedule you play. Mm. There's a big difference between the... Um, the expectations, right. the, what goes into being a, a a Michigan quarterback and all that. Um, I, I just I, I think you come out of your Michigan quarterback experience a little bit more NFL ready than you probably do coming out of a BYU. Well, that's the other thing about Michigan is is they're going to run a pro style, more of a pro style offense. I mean, they'll run some pistol. They run a bunch of gun, but they're going to have a fullback. They're going to have multiple tight ends. I think the big question is. Is J.J. McCarthy's mom hot, and does she have her own Instagram page? Good point, good point. Because, you know, I think that's where it all went wrong for uh, for Zach Wilson. What's bigger, the gap between Michigan football and BYU football, or BYU football and Idaho football? <laughs> well, I mean, Michigan football and Idaho football... Neck and neck. <laughs> no difference, huh? Well, they, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with oh, you. Oh, yeah, please do. Um, You didn't see Michigan's schedule, Idaho, did you? True. True. They don't want to get it. They don't want to get balls in a track mate up in the Kibbe Dome. Yeah, they don't want to do a, no, they don't even want to do with those two and ones where you yeah. come out to Michigan twice and have to go out to the Kibbe Dome once. They don't even no, they want, don't want to. They, they don't, don't want to. They do not they want, want that, that smoke. They yep. don't want that Moscow Oh, my gosh. Moscow, right? Yes, Moscow. They don't want that Moscow smoke. No. Nope. 